Right on. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Every week, hanging out with you guys right here from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Always enjoy spending with you guys. A big shout-out to Saturday radio listeners, KMET. And, of course, KFNX right here in Arizona. And all my podcast family. You know, you guys are sporadic. I hear from you. Like, it seems to come in droves. You you, you hit me up like a quiet clarinet, and then you get all sousaphone-like, and then you're yelling at some of our topics. Either way, I always tell you, we love the comments and the vibes. A lot of you suggested show topics, which we are going to incorporate. If you're new to the show, we're an automotive lifestyle show. We cover all things automotive from all over the globe, which is fun. Why? Because we have Susie Sockets in studio. Say hello to the peoples. Hello, everybody. We're sharing a mic, so sorry for the squeaky squeak. And then, of course, <laughs> Mr. Greg Ovist, our Antiquities Classic. Antiquities. How's and it going? You like that, Antiquities. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to bring him in. Mr. Todd Ramsey, uh, Ramsey Consulting, is hanging. How you doing, Frank and everybody? Happy to be here on the show. Yeah, this yeah, was a senior. It was a last-minute deal. Of course, thank you, Miss Bree, our board op. She's been a board op of ours since 1927. And she's a rock star. We always are grateful. Uh, speaking of which, uh, RanchNation.tv. You guys can catch all a slew of shows. Uh, of course, uh, you can listen live on on the website. And thank you to many of you uh, via social media, Twitter, and Schmitter, and, and Snappity Chatty, and all this other kind of stuff. I can't keep up. But you've got the link, and you're listening on the website, so we bow in praise. Susie, how's your week been, girl? Week has been amazing, Frank. It was a three-day weekend, although it really doesn't matter to me because I'm taking the summer off. Yeah, some of you. <laughs> well, work, you're not. You're not life a, balance. Let's hear for it. Yeah. yeah baby, you got to keep the work-life balance. Now, listen, some of you are quiet quitting. I got to bring this up. Quiet quitting, which means uh, you think you're on vacation while you're at work. In other words, you only, this is something new, Bree. Something new has maybe something to do with the automotive industry. Quiet quitting is this new oh. term. Like, we're Generation X. We have no clue what quiet quitting was. But some of you are only getting by with what you need to do at work. And that new phrase in the vernacular situations of the 2022 is coined quiet quitting. Susie. So you know, only doing enough. Only enough. To get by. You push the register. complacent. Complacent. Them quiet quitters. You're not. Quiet, They're you, quiet quitters. Greg, what do you think about the quiet quitting? Yeah, complacent. I, I just I hate that word, but it's it's what's reality right now. It really should is. you just quit? Yes, yes. Well, I want to hear from you, Todd. You're a consultant across vast industries like automotive, transportation, and uh, consumer electronics. Consumer yeah. electronics. Pretty much everything except uh, I don't know. Furniture. Well, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Furniture's not a that's not a sexy gig. I don't think you can pull that off. What are you gonna consult? Four chairs and a leg or whatnot. But seriously, have you heard from some of the folks that you consult in those industries about quiet quitting? Yeah, definitely. And uh, with uh, mergers and acquisitions, and some of the co- uh, companies within automotive space or even consumer electronics space getting uh, bought and uh, you know sort of folded into a larger portfolios. Uh, some of those folks. Uh, who were with those companies for a long time and uh, I think have a, you know, they're bitter. They, they're uh, maybe not just so much bitter, but uh, it's, you know, it's hard for them to sort of have a sense of place with all the extra mile 
the opposite of quiet quitting that they went uh, all those many years. So yeah, yeah, that's that's the polar opposite of quiet quitting is going the extra mile. As a federal government would say, I hope this is transitory. <laughs> I hope this quiet quitting is not like some permanent uh, situation. I mean, I really don't. But I also believe that some of you entrepreneurs, small business owners, large business, I don't care if you own a plumbing company or you're the automotive shop owner. You got to do better by your people. Yep. We say that all the time in the garage, Susie. All the time. I mean, we're not it's perfect. Culture. Yeah, you got to you got to build that culture and you've got to all go past that that winning line together. Right. I think some of us are stale. We're like zombies. Well, I think that's the complacent word we were talking about. Right. Yeah. So if if you've got an individual who's working uh, for wherever, Orange Juice Place, Star, whatever, I didn't mention that name, but uh, anywhere, <laughs> I, I, I got to be careful. Didn't you didn't hear I that. Didn't it hear almost that. slipped. Because uh, I had a bad experience before I came to the show. What'd I'm a do? simple guy. You know, my kids order $8 drinks and I'm confused. It's like a damn, it's like Latin going into one of these coffee places. <laughs> I just want coffee. And um, the simple coffee wasn't made properly. How do you, how do you how screw? Do you yeah. That? So did somebody quiet quit my coffee? <laughs> <laughs> they just left you high and dry. They left they me high and dry. Todd, I think I'm hoping this is not a phenomenon. I I don't think uh, it's, it's going to affect uh, long-term like the success of uh, the career path, but there are some people who uh, maybe need to move on to, you know, some other thing, brighter pastures, uh, their next phase of life, their next phase of career path. For those of us, you know, you, uh, Susie, myself included, I pointed to Greg when I said you, uh, that, uh, that grew up with this ingrained car culture, it's not going away. And going the extra mile is just, it's just, I, I don't know any other way. My feeling is people are listening to us saying, oh, there's in car culture people again talking about this old stuff. <laughs> but I don't believe it. I think get, tinker under hood, it'll change you. Put some hair on your chest. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, I had to bring up quiet quitting because it seems like all over social media. It's I've never out there. heard of it. Yeah. So now, you know, I hope you're not listening. Quiet quitting. Go for the you know what? When you're not when you feel because I know what you're saying. Well, Frank, that's easy for you to say. Uh, I'm not appreciated at work. I agree with you. One hundred percent. Right. That's a culture issue. Uh, some of us just don't know how to communicate. Yep. Um, how many of you listening right now? have difficulty having that conversation. Those are hard conversations. They are, but every organization. So here's a tip. You're going on your first interview, whether you're coming into my garage, whether you're interviewing for Ramsey Consulting, Mr. Todd Ramsey over there, find out immediately what is the chain of command. How do I input for the betterment of the team? So again, get away from self. I'm just not happy here. Well, that may not work in a communication in, 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 in a very proactive uh, communication role. So find out what the chain of command is and work it. Have, and if, have it, some conversations. And if you're in an interview and they're like, uh, what is the chain of command? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm not saying quite military like, but you always have your direct. Uh, I, I don't want to say supervisor. Todd, manager. That seems, manager, supervisor, leader. How would you coin that? Uh, whoever it is that is the you know the one that you answer to or the one that sort of uh, project manages or the directives, yeah. the other things. Just the, communicate. Bree's chomping on the bits. Bree, am I right? You're a big communicator. You've been in radio since 1915. I know what you're doing. Oh, man, I'm an old lady right now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's man. what you're doing. But isn't this what about... With a I mean, young voice. If you're, oh, if you're quiet quitting, you're giving up, I believe, because maybe you're nervous about how do I even communicate? I'm not happy. Well, and, and sometimes is it about... 
the happiness or is it about some of the culture shocks that you're going through? Are you just on standby mode for a minute? Are you trying to get your footing? You know, with all the changes that people have gone through lately, my question is how much of it is okay to dial back until you're ready to dial in and then go forth and conquer? I see you know some people, saying? yeah, I get you. You're 100% you're spot on. Some people are saying, well, listen, Frank, I work at the drive through This is not my career. It's temporary. I say BS. You know why? Because that temporary situation in life, you're still building morals, character, of work ethic. That's right. I don't care if you're slapping bacon on a cheeseburger. Slap the bacon for real. And have fun. And have fun. I agree. We know that it's temporary. We all had, I had a gig. I sold Foot Locker shoes. Expensive Nikes, even in fact, the Nikes are coming back. The yeah. shoes I wore, my kid is like, Dad, these are really cool. I said, Honey, these are the shoes we grew up I with. I still have them. <laughs> you still have <laughs> big sticky. All right, now a lot of you are saying, I, well, I didn't hear anything automotive in this, but it all does come down to just who we are as individuals. We got to do our best. Susie? Yeah. Right. You, yeah. Pulled, you pulled the mic over with authority. You were going to say something. <laughs> well, I, Frank, uh, I just want to chi- chime in to say I, uh, I have something that I kind of relate to. to People who talk to me about their, you know, sort of dissatisfaction with their workplace or I'm looking or, you know, keep your ears open a lot of because I'm, I'm like Switzerland in the industry. Everybody can talk to me and I can talk to everybody. But uh, you're that kind of guy. You have yeah, that look like I, like that pillow, like a soft pillow. We soft can talk to pillowy. him. Yeah. You're on radio now. But, we talk uh, to us. <laughs> I always tell them, look, you should absolutely sweat for your employer or your job or your task or whatever. But don't bleed. Sweat, but don't bleed. So I like that. Sweat don't bleed, but now I'm that employee and and I I get you. I wake up every morning, I want to come, I want to work hard, but I work for a schmuck. I work for somebody that does not uh they take me for granted. Yeah. Where do I draw the line? Maybe some of that quiet quitting is hey, my peer group is experiencing this, I'm experiencing it. It is what it is. Like how do we change that? Well, I I mean you can't uh I, I don't think you can change the, uh, you know, the attitude of a toxic workplace that is top-down toxic. So somebody uh, as an owner or an owner-operator, general manager, uh, who just doesn't share the, the vision of, uh, of a good company culture, that's going to be real tough for somebody a couple clicks down on the ladder, a newer uh, member of the team to influence that change. So I think it's, it's time to look, look outward. Work with people that you like, or at least that you like enough to be with eight hours a day. Yeah, and I'm a strong believer, a believer that people don't quit the job, they quit the leadership. They do. Well, I was just going to say quiet quitting, quiet leadership. Maybe we come up with something, uh, piss poor leadership, uh, you know, individual, especially entry level. Like we have a lot of automotive students, uh, skill trade students and such. They're looking for some leadership, meaning mm-hmm. you can't just give the kid a mop and a broom and that's your employment. We say this all the time in the industry. Uh, so anyway, we got pretty passionate on it. Don't quiet quit. Um, try to communicate. And uh, we get it. You know, nobody's perfect. And sometimes things can be rough. Uh, our show topic, I better I better cover this. Uh, hopefully we didn't lose a bunch of you. Uh, we are going to cover some something pretty cool. Uh, out in SEMA, uh, Todd, every year SEMA gets together some of the great high school programs across the country in an automotive fashion. And there's a build program that's supported by SEMA, uh, Specialty Equipment Manufacturers market Association. Association. Specialty Equipment Market, market. I always goof that one up. And, and it's, that's important because the whole market incorporates much more than just manufacturers. There's service providers like myself. There's schools. There's uh, technicians. There's, uh, you know, all kinds of things. So yeah. The, no, the and we want to talk about this because we think it's a positive vibe uh, supported by 
uh, industry folks, uh, all kinds of uh, you know into companies that that are backing this. We all are you know, a shortage of skilled trades. I think we're making a turn here. I think a lot of you who own shops or in the industry have taken a, a front step and a front lead on this and want to support the. Uh, students, some of you are on the fence. I get it. You're you're culinary right now. You're working up some dough in the culinary. Well, I'm going to convince you to head on over to the automotive uh, <laughs> until we get a culinary chef doing a show. This is an automotive show. We're going to convince you. That's right. It's a great industry, and it isn't your grandpappy's industry by far. Uh, before we get to some news uh, by way of classic uh, car antiquity and, of course, Susie's weird automotive news, I have to mention this. Uh, California is firm. One hundred percent. They are they are headed to get rid of ICE, internal combustion engines. ICE. Yeah, they're pretty serious. I they're saw serious. They have a, a goal, a couple of years. Well, we're talking two thousand thirty-five. Our good right. friend Lauren Fix, who's a wonderful journalist, uh, reporting for Newsmax. Uh, she stated she did the research. There are fifteen states that will. Follow wow, I and didn't know that. so did you want to know? Some yes, of, which yes, all my North Dakotans, <laughs> my Chicagoans, my Minnesotians, my well Canadians, you're not included. Sorry, uh, which <laughs> states? Or so let's let's run this down. I thought this was interesting. It's gonna be Massachusetts and New York for sure. Uh, yeah, right. Well, that's interesting. Coastal. Yeah, it's all the coastal. Yeah, uh, so New York for sure, Massachusetts, Vermont. Maybe Colorado because they've been Colorado spot on. Todd, yeah. you are definitely a consultant. Todd, are you cheating? <laughs> he knows his stuff. Uh, I swear, not cheating. He's not cheating. This is like we always give you news fresh off the presses, unprepared. <laughs> the interesting part is all those states, the classic cars, they all rust. So I'm good so far. Are you good? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs your right. rust? Keep just that. Know, stuff. Just Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and yeah, you know, right. What? All right, it's so it. New Jersey's uh, is going to be uh, on there. Washington State, uh, North uh, Northwest there. By 2030, five years before California's plan. Connecticut, of course, Jersey, Maryland, Delaware, Colorado, as we said, Rhode Island, Minnesota. Minnesotans, you're losing your eyes soon. <laughs> New Mexico, clean car rule has gone into effect. The rule begins phasing out gas powered cars and SUVs and so on starting in 2026. Wow. Oh. Man, can you slow it down? I just tweeted. You guys can find the Ranch Nation and your mechanic Twitter. I have a tweet hood. Uh, I stated, how many people can actually afford an EV lifestyle? Yeah. that's. I think we're going too fast, oh Susie. My. It's a culture think, change for sure. Yeah, uh, One in five of you buying an EV are returning it. Why? Because the EV lifestyle is harsh. Oh, it's expensive. It, it's, a, it's an adjustment. So okay. one in five, this was a report. Sorry, to, I, I don't have the citation for this. But this was a report. One in five are returning their EV. Mm. Give me back my Honda Accord. Wow. Yeah. So there you have it. Uh, what's shaking? We got a big announcement for you, Greg. We're going to extend this break a little bit. You did something that's rock star-like as you are an individual representing buyers and sellers in the classic car arena. What'd you just do, Greg? Well, I appreciate that, Frank. I, you know, dealing with all these classic cars for years and getting more deeper in the auction scene, I went ahead and bit the bullet. You bought one? No, I went ahead and uh, took a course to become an auto Woo-hoo! classic car auto appraiser. That is right. And on. I just passed last week, so I have the credentials, the certifications Aww, to appraise classic congrats. cars. Bureau of Certified Auto Appraisers. Yeah. So it's been a while since I've taken a test that long with that big of a final, but 
I got through it, and I'm happy that I got it behind me. Good for you. State yeah. of Arizona, do you need this? You do not need a... We're just the Wild West. Wild West. You don't need anything. You don't have to be certified to appraise any car in Arizona. But wow. the credentials are something worth having for me, so... Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good you, job. You were up late last night studying. We see you. <laughs> Eyes all blurry. Uh, Susie, what's happening in the weird section of the automotive news? So, speaking of electric vehicles, the F-150. Ooh. Ooh. The Lightning. Lightning. Has gotten a lot of press, right? Yeah. Especially when it saves the day, right? Yeah. So, like- it has saved wedding receptions. All right. It has saved uh, some, con- some small concerts. Um, now, when it, you say save, you're like... Just, like electric. Do you remember when we were oh, on Fountain Valley? Oh, Fountain Valley. Like, you need to hook up to that truck you and get some You need a juice. generator. Like, in the middle of the freeway, you need to blow dry your hair, hook it up <laughs> to an right. F-150. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I got you. So, now, I don't want to take the F-150 and not share it with the Rivion. Oh, Rivion. Okay? Wow, look at you. Now, the Rivion. This Ooh, is the best. That sounds fancy. A urologist in Austin, Texas. Did you say urologist? Urologist Dr. Oh. Christopher Yang. Okay. Okay. <laughs> was going to perform a procedure on a man. Uh, was it urological? Urological. <laughs> oh, gosh. It, uh, well, the, there was a power outage. Oh. oh. The patient says, no, I got to move forward with this because I took the day off. He was in the dark. They were going to cancel it. They were in the dark. They were going to nip him. And he had, oh my God, he <laughs> it had was tubes. It What? And so what do they do? Pull up a lightning? So the doctor owned the Rivian and the team, oh. his staff says, Doc, you own a Rivian. Just plug into that. So they ran extension cords and they powered up the, what are the what's the machine that they, uh, the electric cautery. Electric cautery. That sounds dangerous <laughs> for us. Wow. <laughs> They powered up the electric cautery and a fan, and the procedure was a normal procedure, and it went great. Technology is incredible. Now, now wait. If you were getting a vasectomy, I'd be would scared. you say I'll, I'll reschedule? No, nope, because my wife would be pissed right there. She'd say, what are you doing? Where's your backup power? You're not pulling up a vehicle. I would never trust a Ford truck that much. That's for sure. Well, it's the, it, <laughs> it was the Rivian. Rivian. Oh, it was the Rivian. Rivian. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we got to take a break. <laughs> it's been a long segment. Uh, which we always like having fun with you. We are going to dive into a serious topic, maybe uh, high school programs regarding uh, build-offs and, and education. Education and Todd Todd Ramsey's uh, here at Ramsey Consulting Group, Incorporated Automotive Transportation and Consumer Electronics Consulting. He is the man. He's been around. He's hip to hip with these programs. SEMA's coming up. They've got a build. We're going to tell you more about it. Stay tuned, Rich Nation. Bolt-On Technologies, automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time, the quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me, my clients, and they're likely not to come back? Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, 
get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Of course you want your mileage back and all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost three to one over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG, BG. Whether you're looking for a full-service direct mail or you just simply want a few marketing materials printed for use in your store, MailShark has got you covered. With over 10 years of client service success with direct mail postcards, restaurant box toppers, magnets, and so much more, MailShark is there to help your marketing team acquire the clients you deserve. Pay weekly, pay as you go. There is no pressure, no contracts, direct mail. For more details, visit themailshark.com. Right on, welcome back, Wrench Nation. If you kind of dip in and out of the show, I know you're busy, quiet quitting and all that, but if you dip in and out, catch the podcast. <laughs> I will say I'm late on the podcast. Last week, it was uh, like Labor Day. I wasn't laboring at all uh, and did not upload the podcast from last week. I'll have that up. We'll, we'll do some well, catch that's up. quiet quitting right there. I know. <laughs> um, shame on me. Uh, the SEMA High School Vehicle Build Program uniquely connects high school automotive shop classes with specialty equipment manufacturers, products, to build one-of-a-kind customized vehicles. Now, funded by SEMA, this program offers students real-world, hands-on auto tech skills while becoming engaged in the assessorization. Yeah. I, I love the hands-on part of that. Well, it's got to be hands-on. I, and I think that's the attraction factor uh, to the industry. I'm not knocking an accountings gig, nope. you know, but it's still hands-on and it's all of that. SEMA's doing amazing. We have Todd Ramsey uh, in studio with the Ramsey Consulting Group. Todd, I got to ask you before we dive into this program, over the years, I've heard both sides. Like, I, I don't even know what the straight and skinny is. Like, you, maybe some of this is hashtag fake news. Yeah, both sides of? High school students, uh-huh. are they losing interest in the automotive programs? What are you seeing? Well, uh, I, I think it's, it's different. It's different now. First of all, uh, both, I was telling uh, Greg just uh, before we get into the show, my sisters are both in the Kyrene School District, which for those listeners who don't know is a, a local school district here in, in uh, uh, the Phoenix area. And uh, so I got really their perspective throughout the, the COVID time when teachers were asked to you know, teach from home and video chats and all kinds of stuff. And how do you do that in an automotive course? You know, hey, watch me sand this fender. Uh, right. Hey, watch me uh, do this. And, you know, kids of that age weren't you know, really engage because they're not there hands-on. So not only have attention spans over time gotten shorter because of just distractions like phones and, and whatever uh, else. I'm blaming TikTok. I'm sorry. Yeah, TikTok, I'll get hate on that. TikTok but, and all that. Yeah. But but definitely uh, the, the COVID uh, gap in just sort of socializing and being in front of what, you know, hands-on they could have been exposed to training, uh, especially for the vocational stuff. Uh, that was, you know, that was really uh, telling. So I think the challenge is for instructors is, is to, you know, keep every learning session really targeted. And what I think that means for a lot of them is, is, you know, more short videos to proceed what you're going to go demonstrate in that class session. And, uh, and we're then, losing some of the attention span by way of long format. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, for instance, I was thinking about this on the way over here today, Frank. Uh, it's not all that different, really, uh, from when I was in high school. And sure, I was okay enough at math and okay enough at science to to sail through. But I didn't really pay attention to physics and some of the electronic principles and, and you know, math uh, un- until I, I could apply it to something that was making mm-hmm. me better at my job. And so people say now, oh, Todd, you've just, it's, you're always been good at math and science. And not really. I was kind of, you know, I was just okay. But once I had something uh, to apply it toward in a career path, that really helped. So that's kind of what I think uh, with attention span is maybe instead of starting with fundamentals, we go right into, you know, fixing a problem or addressing something mm-hmm. and then walk back how we got there to that, to that ability of, okay, well, I know it intuitively because I've been, you know, turning wrenches for X amount of years and seen this problem before in various iterations, but, uh, but maybe they don't, but maybe they need to see that, gain some respect for the process and then go, okay, walk me through how we got to that place. Yeah. Cause I am lost. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I don't. So I, I think th- so Susie, like some of us, I think there's some uh, sensibility behind how we receive our information yes. to retain it. Some Everybody of us learns are, different. Yes. Well, yeah. Some of us are auditory. Is that mm-hmm. the right word? And some yep. of us are visual. But I think mechanically, as well as the electronics, right? Yeah. The, the electrical system. You can't see say, electrons moving. Right. You got to trust me. They are moving. Oh, that would be that instructor to get a tube with water and red oh. color. Oh, yeah. This is well, the, the, If you're not sure if they're moving, just uh, touch a wrench between those two yeah, battery ouch. posts. You'll find that real quick. Watch it turn red. And I'm sure many instructors listening um, <laughs> who have, have deep years in the industry as an educator, they've seen that transition. And it's hard. Like that, you have to modify. It's like any yeah. small business that's to modify within their climate of the marketplace. Yeah. And I love that idea. Get right to it. And in fact, most of the talented technicians that I've met over the years that stayed in the industry, did really well, made great living, they typically have one thing in common. When I ask them, how did you get started? Well, I started by tearing apart blenders. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, they're just, that's the tinkering, yeah. the tinkering yeah. that we talk yeah. about. Um, so uh, to, to recap, like on, on that, you know, on that idea, uh, one of your previous podcasts you had with Will Lockwood from uh, uh, Kindigit Design. And Will said, you know, I was introduced to a vocational education in high school, which then helped me realize that I was good at something in a certain way. And then I took the heavy off yep. myself. I could focus a little bit more on the other things the traditional, let's say, fundamental learning, but it kind of made sense for the reasons that now I have something to focus on. So that's kind of, you know, where I think of just, hey, let's show them uh, what we're going to get right into it, fix the problem or address the problem. And then when they get so upside down and confused, okay, well, let's walk through how we got there. And there is a process. I'm a totally process-driven guy where I can be so that my results don't have to be unique to me. They can be repeatable to every technician in the organization because we do it this way. Right? System and process is yeah. sort of a roadmap. So we're, yeah. I mean, in my class, I probably have some improvisation here and there. No, uh, not at all. But you not do even that, if, you don't, if, if you don't have a roadmap, you could... Yeah. Because, I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, you want to you get them to where they, they can yeah. achieve the goals. Like, it, education is a business. Like, we have to yeah. meet uh, standards and so on. Yeah. Predict- um, predictable outcomes is what we really yep. want. And predictable outcomes for students that go through a, an automotive program. You may not have a Will Lockwood or a Dave Kindig or, a, you know, uh, a, a, the next rock star in hot rod fabrication. But you may have uh, a handful of people who go on to uh, apprentice level, see technicians in shops and then work their way up to be. And I mean, I hope 
that some of that interest and, and that natural uh, ability for, for technology and computers and stuff uh, helps them be a uh, A-level diagnostic technician, which you and I both know that's where the real money is. Well, yeah, and it's fascinating now because years ago it was, it was kind of a rarity-ish, uh, you know, most techni- most mechanics could definitely sling a wrench and maybe they didn't get into drivability and all the heavy-duty yeah. stuff. But now, gosh, with 100 million lines of code, yeah. uh, you got to dance with these networks and CAN yeah. bus. And so let me ask you, on that note, has, techni- has technology as its breakneck speed currently – has that attracted more talent or has that intimidated youngsters? Uh, it's interesting because I think if uh, the it's it's more about the speed of adaptation to the technology, but without some sort of background in why, the why of, you know, doing these things in an automotive sense, uh, it's hard to make those connections. This isn't, you know, necessarily just a video game. There's a lot of serious, like you said, code and safety and, you know, checks and balances, but... Um, uh, that it's an interesting that you bring that up because I thought about one of the other challenges for just in general, a generation that's, you know, beyond ours is uh, that, you know, our car, or as you guys say, our hoopty used to be <laughs> the key to independence. It's how we got out of our parents' house. It's how we socialized with our friends individually, developed our own sense of self. Uh, and then, you know, we have to be problem solvers because, you know, some of, it, some of them broke down and I got to figure out, you know, how to fix that and maybe do a little bit of that work myself. Or, uh, you know, if I want to improve the car and accessorize and customize, that, that means me getting a part-time job. Like you said, maybe that drive through window is not your uh, long-term career path, but certainly uh, I have the motivation because I want to fix up my car. And to the degree that technology has sort of allowed people to connect, you know, in different ways where they don't have to get in a car and go to the cruise night and hang out, um, I think there's, you know, on the one hand, it's an advantage to kids who later are exposed to the technology side of auto repair and, and customization. Uh, but, it, you know, at the outset to get them interested in it, uh, yeah. you still got to touch stuff with your hands. You Here's know? reality. A lot of you uh, will graduate this year. A lot of you are moving from a temporary uh, entry level position. You're looking forward to working somewhere promising. I'm going to give you the reality. of technicians currently have considered leaving the industry. We're going somewhere with 79%. This is a wrenchway.com. We've had wrenchway folks on. They always snapshot the industry. Now, I'm not trying to get you depressed. Don't go out there and start drinking. I'm going somewhere with this. 40% of technicians agree their favorite part about being a technician is getting to work with their hands. 38% of technicians enjoy using their critical thinking skills. I think 38% will increase because the challenge, you'll have that in your mm-hmm. hands, yeah. but the challenge now, it's, 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 it's a thinking man and woman's game now, yeah. right? How to diagnose. 30% of you technicians say pay is the biggest frustration, followed by career advancement limitations. This is where we as an industry fell short. Fail, I agree. You know, we hear about, uh, Todd, I'm sure you've been in scenarios where you're having a conversation and the hot topic is shortage of skilled, you know, uh, technicians and just skilled labor in general. Well, when are we as business owners going to take responsibility? Uncle Louie has said, you don't want to do this. They don't pay. They don't do this and they don't do that. Are you seeing a shift? Are you seeing some more hunger behind dealerships and independence and, 
Everyone else saying, man, we got to change what's going on by way of culture and pay. Are you seeing a tide change in that? Yeah, definitely seeing a more awareness of uh, owners or, or general managers, people in decision-making roles, uh, really consider that kind of stuff. And part of it was to do with, in the last again, in the last few years, people keeping cars longer uh, because, you know, new car availability is lacking, uh, you know, some free government money, shortage of supply chain, prices of things went up. So they had a little more flexibility to be able to uh, – you know, pay better or encourage people to come back to work uh, at better pay scales. But the, but the reality is, I mean, it's, it's all top down. It starts top down. And if you want to, yep. you know, I've had some, uh, you know, independents tell me like, well, don't tell my guys what the guys across town make because, you know, they'll leave me. Or we, you know. That's a reality. We go, we go mean, to a trade show, there, but yeah. I don't take all my guys because I don't want them to network to the degree that they're going to leave me. Yeah. And if that is your principal yeah. worry, then – you know, no take, bueno. Take a nope, take a look in the mirror because that's yeah. you know your problem starts right there. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I'll remind you, uh, some of you shop owners out there, you've got a plethora of uh, of information that uh, you know we hope that you receive from the show. But man, forget radio, forget podcasts, and all this other stuff. Just reach out to us. Like mm-hmm. we're networked throughout the country. I don't care if you're North Dakota, Florida, California. San Diego, wherever you're at, Alaska, Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii. I don't know if I get any work done out there, uh, but we're here to help <laughs> we you. We do have folks in Hawaii, and let me tell you, that's everybody assumes that, oh, if I just go to Hawaii, I, I you know, cruise. They, yeah, they're working. They're working the, too, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, we had one technician who brought us toolbox from Guam. Okay. Must have been military. I can't remember. That box was rusted, but that was his pride and joy. <laughs> that thing was so oxidized. I want you guys to stay tuned. We're going to talk a little bit more about Todd Ramsey's background. We're going to dig deeper into the SEMA program uh, on a high school level, all of those things, and uh, we'll be back. Ranch Nation. Vision collision. God forbid you get into an accident or you get a little bumper, fender, bender, slide, or even if you've got that shopping cart that ends up scratching the side of your newer ride. My friends at Vision Collision, they're certified. They deal with insurance companies, but also what I really like is they were able to deal with my situation. I didn't want to exercise my insurance, and I paid out of pocket, and they gave me a very fair price with quality work. So for any complete auto body paint and repair, you want that small business, the heart of business that treats you one-on-one. Vision Collision, 480-248-9049, visioncollision.com. When you're thinking about body shop or collision work, Paint repair, dent repairs, collision, wheel restoration, vision collision is the way to go. Tell them Frank at Wrench Nation sent you. 480-248-9049. 480-248-9049. Vision collision. Support for Wrench Nation Car Talk, the smart choice for auto parts, Pronto National Association. Pronto is committed to the independent automotive aftermarket and demonstrates leadership within the automotive industry. Pronto Association is made up of nearly 100 member auto park distributors. Visit pronto-net.com. Automotive technical training, parts lineup, and representation of the automotive member community. Pronto-net.com. Now, I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about this. We have a benefits portion of our website, wrenchnation.tv, where we've got benefits for the Wrench Nation community, which is really protection for you, your family, your team. Your culture is important. Your team environment is important. So we're going to make it real easy for you to shop for health care, life insurance, device insurance, even pet insurance. 
I'm excited to share with you the benefits for the Wrench Nation community. Get on a wrenchnation.tv. We've made it real easy and simple. Your small business team deserve no less. Get on a wrenchnation.tv. Check out the benefits page and check out health insurance, life insurance, car rental, condo and home insurance. You name it. We've got your benefits covered. Get wrenchbenefits.com or wrenchnation.tv. 52% of the population family are women. We love you ladies, but less than 3% of you women are professional technicians. Our charity partner, Tech Force Foundation, believes if we want to solve this little technician shortage, we need to start talking to 52% of these ladies out in the population. Head on over. If you feel like you can tinker with the best of them, head on over to techforce.org. can run on for a long time, run on for a long time, run on for a long time, sooner or later gotta cut you down, sooner or later gotta cut you down. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. I want to give you guys a reminder, plenty of time ahead, all you slackers on your Google Calendar, November 9th, the EBIT Foundation Breakfast, the EBIT Educational Foundation is hosting their 16th annual fundraising breakfast. It's a great time. Gourmet breakfast from Evitt's renowned, world-renowned culinary program. You'll have students cooking up some nice breakfast. <laughs> Bring your wallets. We're fundraising people. The Evitt Foundation breakfast. Uh, that's happening November 9th. More information, evittfoundation.org. We welcome you back. We're talking about some of these high school programs, diving in a little bit to the sentiment of, you know, we're... The mindset of uh, today's youngsters are, which is all good, you know, all good. You know, we we always say that um, one of the arguments, Todd, uh, with generation to generation, I hear some of, well, I'm not quite baby boomer, but we're close to a generation X-ish. Billy Idol, more power to you. Um, but we have a tendency to say, I can't relate to that kid. We yeah. can't, we, so that's not good. That's a, you're bailing out. You're quiet quitting your leadership. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, the frustration of that, you know, leaves people to kind of throw their hands up and say, ah, oh, that's just, you know, lazy, lazy kids, the generation of lazy. And that's not always true. I just think you have to find uh, new ways to engage them. And again, you're, you know, a class of 20 or 30 in an automotive class, you may not have, uh, you know, all of them that take it up. Uh, but, you know, we'll take the, you know, the 10 that really love it and work with them. And uh, my wife has a, you know, thing and I, she says it all the time and, and it's true is you got to meet people where they are. You got to yeah. meet your customer where they are. Yep. And in education, your customer is, is, you know, a high school kid. And we've all been that age. And I thought I knew everything when I was 17, boy, he couldn't tell me anything. And uh, so that isn't all that different than today. I think, just, I think Madison Avenue pumps it demographically yeah. so that as marketers, yeah. we have to spend a different way and a different, yeah. you know, I think the people want the people. And you meet them where they're at. Talk to us about Ramsey Consulting Group. You guys are heavy, heavy, deep into communications uh, across sectors, automotive, transportation, uh, consumer electronic industries, the one-stop shop. Tell us more about Ramsey Consulting. So our mission is to communicate a technical message in easy-to-understand ways. That's kind of just the, the, the basics of it. And historically, that's been through innovating, more effective technician training, 
uh, defining efficient processes, developing other content aimed at specific audiences in automotive or transportation or consumer electronics space. So it could be speaking to a consumer, could be speaking to technicians, you know, with a certain degree of technicality, could be speaking to owner-manager. We've done a lot with um, other uh, uh, industry associations and organizations, you know, like SEMA. And so we've kind of evolved to meet the needs, and and it's uh, training – uh, was a, a definitely a big core part of the, the growth of our business and sustaining our business because we could kind of be a trainer for hire or or help uh, organizations train their own trainers and develop programs for their folks to just go on the road and deliver and and uh, you know over time that evolved into lots of really cool stuff great projects interesting things uh, I've been to about thirty one countries across the world I speak pretty fluent Turkish. Yeah, I speaking yeah. Deutsch. Uh, uh, Was that funny, Turkish? Why do no. you say that? But, oh. uh, but in Germany, uh, Turks are their immigrant workforce. So I don't speak any German, but I get around pretty good in Germany speaking <laughs> Turkish. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's uh, let's travel. We like to travel. Okay. Worldwide, small business. You have inspiration, motivation. Someone gets up at the crack of dawn. They're up. Maybe they had a little workout. Whether they're in Turkey or New Jersey, will a broken process or system, I don't care if it's a two-man operation or a two-woman operation, is it it that bad if your system is broken that will lead to failure? I think you have to be willing to ask uh, in each instance where you identify, you know, a problem or, okay, this took longer than we thought or... You know, that's even quoting like job times. Okay, well, why did it take so long? Did we take a little extra time on this first one to really learn about the problem so that the next few we learned a, a trick that's going to save us, you know, a half hour each time subsequently? Um, that's, a, that's an okay way to say, all right, I didn't fail. We just took the time on the front end to make that a better process going forward. But if all you do is just beat your head against the wall and how come Friday at 5 o'clock comes and I still have cars in the bay and I can't get out of here on time and I got to come in Saturday or Sunday to finish up the workload, you know, you got to ask yourself, what, how could I be improving yeah. these things? And that's, I mean, we got to measure in everything that we, we, yeah. we need to measure. Yeah. Like athletes have to measure. Yeah. yeah. And some of, some of us, I think at times, and you listening, you want to run a six minute, five minute mile. <laughs> well, maybe not five. I'm not running no five minute mile. Oh, you could do it. No, I'm running a 20 minute mile. <laughs> I'm walking, shaky walk. But my point is, is, is like athletes and great coaches that work with athletes that you, you can kind of flatline as a small business. And, and if you're not measuring yeah. that and, and establishing your goals, like some of, there are a lot of small businesses that just show up and, and okay, it was good enough. I made everybody happy. I had a couple of sales here and there. And I'm sustaining, but they could do that much better if they measured, monitored, set systems in place. And that's what you see a lot of. And that's kind of your area of consulting. Yeah. And it's, we're often the, a good solution to, uh, to come in and help out where it's a project-based work, where I don't know if I need a whole person for this, or um, this is just a, a project to get us over the hump. Uh, you know, writing website content, for example, you could have a you know, traditional advertisement media, you know, writer do it. But what do they know uh, about the subtle nuance of, of all these things? Brand voice. Yeah. yeah. So, that is such a, can I stop yeah. you? Cause I want to interject a yeah. lot of you right now who have small business, you're forming some of this out and you get frustrated because there's no brand voice connection. Yeah. You find that a lot. I do. And, 
and uh, somebody else can go over my work and layer SEO and and some of that kind of stuff to get sure more easily the technicals of it. Yeah, but the basis of it, uh, you know, speaking in that brand voice as somebody who, if I had time as an owner and I'd you know had the wherewithal, I'd write that myself. Well, that's you know, for instance, that's something we've done for people many, many, many times. Well, for more information uh, on the Ramsey Group, uh, give us a website, Todd. Uh, RamseyConsultingGroup.com. Just spell it right out. Any other industries that maybe you get into? Uh, so we do a little something in uh, the RV space, uh, which... Uh, I need a lot of help in that yeah, RV space. Yeah. <laughs> that sucker cost me every Don't you need time. a refrigerator first? In there? My refrigerator. AC took. compressor. So I, I told my wife, I said, we're RV. We're just going to get a little doohickey, throw some ice. Plastic bags work. I, I saw some scary pictures last summer with the RV. <laughs> On Frank's RV? Yep. Oh? That refrigerator went down. My girls got got upset. Yeah, we ran through the desert in the AC <laughs> That's trip. what I'm yeah. talking about. Was that the trip? <laughs> so I imagine you got a lot of consulting on the consumer side of yeah, RV. <laughs> so there's, uh, we generally don't work directly with consumers on that kind of stuff. It's it's the suppliers and the people like the folks in Elkhart, Indiana on that. But, uh, but Recreational Marine... So the boating lifestyle, uh, a lot of that stuff is lighting and audio uh, and, you know, supplemental you know, power to you know, keep everything playing for longer. And, uh, of course, power sports and like Harley bagger motorcycles. Those are all uh, areas that, you know, are kind of on the fringe of, of mobile electronics, uh, you know, kind of my area of expertise. And, you know, those are folks that, um, you know, want what they want. Yeah. So uh, supply chain, I imagine, before we get into the uh, SEMA High School build program, supply chain. That's got to be one of your biggest challenges as you're consulting and one of the biggest complaints. We just can't get this done because we we can't get what we need to, to fix it or that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, in the electronic space, of course, just like, you know, everybody's affected in some form or fashion, uh, chips, uh, you know, chipsets uh, and, and just uh, even sub sub assemblies that are uh, put together here for electronic components uh, or finished goods in the U.S., if they originate, you know, from somewhere in the far East, that, that can be troubling. So a lot of companies have tried to pivot and, um, you know, create secondary or, uh, other opportunities to, to manufacture offshore. But the fact is, you know, it's just, uh, you know, we're all fighting for the same section of space in a factory and, uh, <laughs> supply chain's tough. And, and for a while there, uh, it, it was, uh, you know, companies would air freight some things in just to keep a small supply while the big stuff was on the water and, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's improving, but also demand is, is slowing a little bit. So as consumers, we need to yeah. be patient. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's so. a different world. Uh, how did you connect with SEMA? So, uh, uh, SEMA's one of their, uh, VPs is somebody who I worked with at a different, uh, organization, uh, as a consultant for uh, many years. And, uh, as the opportunities came up to, to work with them in the automotive space, he, uh, you know, he got in touch with me and today you know, we got a little project. Would you be interested in quoting us for it? And so some of those things evolved into, uh, at the SEMA show, uh, I've been responsible for, uh, doing all the, uh, uh automotive electronics related content, uh, for the, the SEMA education seminars for, I don't know, last six or seven years. That's not easy. No. Yeah. Yeah. we got to find speakers and, you know, people to present content that's relevant and and uh, we did a. We also uh, helped them with their uh, the pro division, the professional restylers organization, uh, develop a uh, uh, a test based on uh, study materials that they've had. So their their folks that go in and call on car dealerships as a restyler can have a 
kind of a certain. What, what is a restyler? Restyler is somebody who, uh, generally speaking, works with car dealerships and supplies the leather interior that didn't come with that car. The audio, if you know, there's some kind of audio upgrade, like adding a subwoofer or uh, lighting or better wheels and tires, you know, accessorizing the vehicle that's not through their own parts department. Greg, you've heard of Restyler? Yeah, that's something. That what do I know? 30 years doing this? That's the first time I heard of a Restyler. restyler? I thought we were going, well, we segue into the fashion industry. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So they uh, they developed, a, and I've had experience with other certification programs before, so that was cool to work on that. And, and uh, when they got started on this uh, SEMA High School Vehicle Build program, uh, I was asked to quote it out as a, you know, sort of an outsourced management deal. And they figured there's enough meat on the bone that they uh, they hired internally for it. Uh, but we still participated in it. I bought, you know, several cars here in Arizona for them to, you know, ultimately hand off to schools for these projects. And, Let's get uh, to the guts of the yeah. program. Yeah, I want to know some, more about that. Yeah, yeah. In fact, we're, we're hopeful to be uh, present uh, both Apex and SEMA Ranch Nation. Uh, over 280 different aftermarket products uh, serving as mentors to 600 automotive students uh, from 10 schools. Todd, we get busy in life. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but when you see when you see the look on the face of a student championing through one of these bills and the business side, I understand you guys are. These kids are selling these things on online. Tell us well, about that. Well, so somewhat maybe. SEMA retains ownership throughout the the build. So so uh, so this season when I we'll say season, it would have been the year 2020, but it started in in 2018 with one uh, Jeep build, and uh, that was a 2015 Jeep Wrangler. We gave it to a school in uh, uh, New Mexico, Santa Fe Echo, which is early college early college opportunities, and they tricked that out with. Uh, sponsored parts from some of the different companies that supply aftermarket Jeep stuff, lighting and wheels and lift and all that. And so with the sale of that uh, on the auction site called Bring a Trailer, which many people are familiar with, they have great uh, visibility to the audience and bring a lot of eyes. And that money essentially goes back into the program to fund the following year, which then funded five uh, Jeep Wrangler TJs, uh, 96 through 06 is the range there. And those five vehicles sold, and that was in 2019, to fund the 2020 program. So, uh, again, through those years, I've helped them buy the, some of the Jeeps. And then uh, this, this time around, they were able to fund 10 vehicles uh, for the 2020 season. And that was five Jeep Wrangler TJs, but they wanted to give exposure to some other companies who make yeah. parts uh, in a different you know, uh, for a different a couple Toyotas, thing. I think. Yeah, so uh, third-generation Toyota yeah, 4Runners. I remember those. With V6 and... And uh, four-wheel drive, of course. So uh, so 10 builds, all delivered to their schools by around February 2020. Wow. And then COVID hits. Oh. <laughs> so Dastardly COVID. Parts are, you know, uh, have already been prearranged. And some selections still had yet to be determined in terms of, you know, which companies and sponsors. So, uh, yeah. So uh, when it picked back up in the 2021 school year in September of 2021, just, just about a year ago, uh, the the program manager that they had internally, she'd uh, left uh, to uh, go on maternity leave and decided to stay home, be a full-time mom. So uh, SEMA folks called me back in and said, hey, man, you want to want to help us out? And I said, uh, absolutely. So uh, we did a little assessment on uh, where the schools were 
in the build, what parts had come in, how do we, you know, work with the supply chain <laughs> of parts that yep. maybe aren't there yet, or they were there, but now they're not. And, and just all the modifications and, and where each uh, shop or each uh, automotive uh, program was in their build. And uh, so we've uh, completed five in the, at the end of the last uh, school year, which is roughly the end of May. They sold on Bring a Trailer in July, raised about $148,000. Wow. And uh, that will go back to the program and other youth engagement initiatives. And we still have five to sell. So we have three Jeep Wranglers and two Forerunners to sell, which hopefully will finish up sometime early this fall. And these were the schools that, you know, needed a little more time. And uh, so we'll sell those again on Bring a Trailer. And all that money goes back to fund uh, SEMA's youth engagement and education stuff. That is super cool. The participating high schools that were chosen. Yes. Question. Is they, I mean, are they, are these schools that actually still have automotive curriculum or is this like a, let's get together after school So there's an online, uh, uh, you know, process to, to submit an application and uh, that was, you know, kind of decided with some of the SEMA executives and some of the other uh, stakeholders uh, from the different uh, committees and, and some of the sponsoring companies. Uh, and traditionally, this program has been sort of like, you know, let's give you the vehicle in, you know, sort of like the Christmas time or, or a, a New Year's time frame, give you four months and we'll wrap it up at the end of the year. And then so the focus is kind of stuff that you can bolt on. You know, right. Not a super heavy customization, but because of COVID, right. Uh, some of the some of the programs that did have a deeper automotive reach did have a collision refinishing department. Did have you know more instructors to help out. Uh, yeah. They got a little further into the customization with paint and all that stuff. I but, guess my admiration is more towards that there are still schools out there offering yeah, and an I gotta, automotive curriculum. Yeah, and I got to tell you, uh, it's some of the instructors who I you know became friendly with and interfaced with in the initial part, just some of the stories they told about, you know, some of their colleagues who retired early or quit or how the district was uh, like, well, you know, we're going to have to, you know, put, put the brakes on this for a little until we can, you know, so they kind of used some of the automotive shops as storage, you know, facilities until they could sort of start school back up again. So a lot of uh, internal challenges, even in the school system for schools who had an automotive program already running, uh, let alone, um, you know, but yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, and I've been to see some of them, and they're they're nice facilities. We got a few minutes before we got to wrap it up. I got to ask you. I got a lot of parents that are on the fence. They don't think it's a, an appropriate thing for their son or daughter to engage in the automotive industry, restyling, <laughs> technician, automotive technician, collision. You run into these parents. Yeah. How do you navigate a conversation like that in in support of the student? really wants to do this i think uh you know i would encourage anybody who's not absolutely sure about what path they want to take uh, you know if it's college or if it's maybe you know like a community college or like an evit kind of program to try out a, a vocation uh, you know give them a gap year to to find that out and i know that some of them will say oh they have to have a four-year college degree and you know basket weaving or some other kind of thing and uh, just to have the degree and i would i would argue that uh, in a skilled trade like this, uh, you can, if you if you really enjoy it, you can hit the ground running with minimal or no student debt, making you know very good money for your age, and uh, you know become a 
functioning part of the consumer society instead of, you know, saddled with debt and, yeah. and all the other things that you can never discharge in bankruptcy. So, uh, so <laughs> I, I would say that to any, uh, any parents who, who aren't sure. And if they're not sure about, uh, if they're not sure about, you know, examples, well, you know, we've got plenty of, of good examples of, of people like yourself, Frank and, yeah. and Greg that, uh, that, you know, this is all we've ever done. I'm watching yeah. a video on how to adjust valves. Does that count? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Susie, you're a rock star. Uh, had I met you 30 years ago and before I started doing dirty carbon-filled valve jobs and piston re-ringing and all that, I'd have come work for you, Susie. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Uh, Todd Ramsey, uh, a pleasure to have you on the show. Todd Ramsey, Ramsey Consulting Group Incorporated uh, Automotive, Transportation, and Consumer Electronics more information, RamseyConsultingGroup.com. We're going to have you back on, Todd. Maybe we'll do a whole post-SEMA thing. Uh, you always have an open mic here, man. Anything that we can do, do to help. I'm, I'm local. and Absolutely. You know, if you guys want to have me in on occasion or as one of the crew, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Exciting. Right on. Cool. Thanks for joining Ranch nice. Nation. I uh, appreciate you guys every week. Susie Sockets, thank you so much for stopping You're by. You're welcome. Mr. Greg Ovis, congratulations Woo-hoo. on your Assessors of Assessors de- Certificate of Degrees of the Situations. And Appraiser Antiquities. That's what you got. That's <laughs> it. You can visit Greg at uh, com if you are interested in buying a classic and not sure you want to be safe. Greg's got a big smile, big heart, and can help you Let's tremendously. Uh, Bree, thank you for hanging on the board. Catch the podcast. We'll have that uploaded this time. Maybe, I promise, Sunday. WrenchNation.tv. Thank you so much. As I tell you every week, be safe. Hug each other. And never forget to hug them again. I'm the boss.